live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. It's Cofield and Company. There's the snap. Rodgers back to throw. Avoids the rush. The pass is intercepted by San Diego State at the 40-yard line. And that's it. Here's Carr back into the gun. In trouble. Going to get hit from behind. Sack fumbled. Ball's loose. Scooped up by the Raiders. That's going to do it. Uh, When it rains, it pours. Baker front court. Baker gets pushed down. No call. And a loose ball. No. Oh, my gosh. The Rebels have the game absolutely stolen from them. That was absolute larceny. It's time for Cofield and Company. With Steve Cofield and Willie Ramirez on ESPN Las Vegas. Willie's here. It's Cofield. Here is Twin Peaks. Monday Night Football coming up. Willie love prizes. Willie will have prizes up until 6 o'clock. You heard a uh, rough weekend outside of the local hockey team, the Golden Knights. They've got a game coming up at 5 o'clock over on Fox 1340 and 98.9 FM. The hockey game will be on here at Twin Peaks as well. Mateo's doing the setup down here. Like I said, Willie's the company back in our Finley Toyota Studios. It's Ari. Battled Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Four. Number five. I don't know why sometimes during a break as I scan Twitter for news that I get stuck looking at tweets like the one Bischoff sent out yesterday. Viewing the lighter than expected attendance at T-Mobile for the Rebel game. Uh, Bischoff saying, I guess it's not the fully vaxxed deal over at the Thomas and Mac that's cut down on the fans and then it is just a stream of the game was too late and I'm mad about what's going on at Thomas and Mac so I'm boycotting the season okay I like and then of course there's a go woke go broke I don't even know what that means we live in a town full of entitled spoiled excuse making sports fans I, I will back fans most of the time it's a city now with tons of events to go to. There is at some point maybe a a budget bursting moment, but true. If you but you, you also you can't unlike VGK and the NFL, right with the Raiders, you can't ask for big time sports on the collegiate level and then not contribute some of the dollars to it. It's how, just it's just part much? of it, you know what I mean? Like if like we, like we saw which we saw, they they actually they were a little up there. I think they were like seventy five bucks to get it. It's a double header. That's the thing. So you got to see you know you got to see Michigan and Arizona, which turned out to be a blowout. But man, those are good teams. Arizona, <laughs> Sean Miller may have been a dirtbag, and you know may have been doing some uh, dirty things. Was doing some dirty things, but he left him a roster. That's a good team. But you got you got to see two games for roughly seventy five bucks. My guess is walking. I didn't check it right before I was walking up. But I'm guessing you could probably walk in for 50 bucks. But there's always something, you know. And, and here's the thing: most of the fam- most of the responses on Twitter are anonymous, so I don't even know if they're real people. If they are, they're not going to games. They just have whatever agenda they want to apply to different sporting events and decisions. But yeah, when I saw the, um, I'm now boycotting them. You're boycotting the kids. You're boycotting Kevin Kruger and the staff. You sound like an ass. All right, now that and that auto set, okay, that's a, that's a little thing on attendance. You go if you want to go. If not, they're just going to keep putting games on late, and they'll be on TV, and, you know, that'll still work. It'll hurt them at the gate, but, it you know, it gets some exposure, and they can get recruits that way. So I think there's always that balance between live gate and TV spots. 
See, it's a lot in life for the Mountain West Conference. I will say that what I what I saw and felt after the San Diego State football loss on Friday and then the Michigan basketball loss that night and the Wichita basketball loss on Sunday, I saw a lot of good job, good effort. And I don't, I don't think either one of these programs, even football, that the fans need to have that mentality. I think they can have expectations based on the way the football team is played. And I certainly think this basketball team, the expectations to me have changed. They have a tough schedule. Yeah. I don't care, right? Like, do I expect them to beat UCLA? Probably not. Can they compete? Yes. Should they more than compete against the rest of the non-con? Yes. There's some tough, uh, tough spots in there. And in the Mountain West Conference, I fully expect this team to be above 500. And I thought even Kruger said it last night. He's like, man, I mean, competing was what we wanted to do, but it's not all we wanted against right. Michigan and Wichita. Like, to suggest we could have won those games. So I I hope, the, you know, the fans who are behind UNLV basketball, not the ones who are griping and pissing and moaning on Twitter about game times and vax policies, I hope they don't get fooled into this, like, you know, let's try this year. Like, no, this they have a good roster with this basketball program. Yeah. They can win a lot of games. They actually, I actually think they can make a run late, late in the season if they don't have a great record. They can be a team that wins the conference tournament and could go to the NCAAs. It just showed they probably played a couple of NCAA teams, one to the very wire, the other one to three minutes left in the game. You've been around long enough to also sideline reporting, covering. I've been around this program, obviously, a real long time to know that it's not obviously it's it's a it's a small intangible, but it can be a big one at times in the support, the local support of a, a, a much fuller arena. Loud and getting excited is going to fuel these kids when they get on runs. Uh, they're not going to be out there. Oh, shooting. It makes such a difference. I mean, last night after the game, Tyson Atan, the best player for Wichita State, State, is like, oh, I didn't expect to get that call in Vegas. Why? It was a more of a Wichita crowd. Then it was a Vegas crowd. Right. Wichita had like 800 people there. I mean, we know that Michigan and Arizona traveled. Yeah. And, so, and by the way, on the attendance, I guess Adam, maybe he paid to get in. I, I know he sat in the crowd. Uh, he said 29 bucks to get in. $29. Which means that people didn't even look. So it wasn't the price. You know, the, the time. And I hear the time thing. I understand. People got to get up and work. Although, it's funny, I always hear about this being a three-shift town. You'd figure there'd be enough people out there who aren't getting up at 8 o'clock in the morning. So, $29, people are paying that for a drink. Pay, at at BGK pay, and, and Raiders at BGK games. and Raiders games. Or paying, for that for, or paying for that for an appetizer. I paid 18 last night to park at Aria. So that's that's half the ticket price right there. Yeah, so, I mean, the, it's, it's one thing if, hey, if you were a loyal supporter and you were hit by the pandemic economically and you can't afford it, I get it. You're not, you know, you can't slam anybody for that reason. Um, but for that price and for the quality of basketball that we're talking about, you know. So what do you think of my expectation thing? That even with football, like I kind of feel like the end of the football season, people are like, hey, good job. Like, no, 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 no. They could have won that game. Yeah, no, no, no. You watch no, the game. They could have won that game. There's no moral victories. And they, the, 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 the expectation should be that this, these programs should be winning because they're playing in the games. It's not a, a valiant effort and they're losing by a couple of touchdowns or they're losing by double digits here in the early part of the season. They're playing in games where you looked up and said, they were in that game to the end. They should have or could have won, could have or should have. 
Um, so no, I don't disagree with you whatsoever. The 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 expectations based on the quality of play at times, even though we question the play calling with Arroyo, we question certain aspects of the game or of the the some of the games early on um, that I've seen here in town. If they should have won, or if they could have won, and they were right there, then the expectations should be that they should be winning these games. And basketball did not come down to a couple of foul calls at the end of the game. One called in favor of Wichita State. The other was a non-call that hurt UNLV. Wichita State came back in the game because UNLV got a bit clunky and one-dimensional on offense. And right. It became the Bryce Hamilton show. And the other thing is they lost their defensive concentration. They had covered the best player in Wichita super effectively for 32 minutes. Then he starts pulling up from 24 feet, and they're like, oh, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what they were thinking. He hit deep threes. Guess what you got to do then? You got to cover him out to 25 feet. And they had a big guy, a 6'11 dude, who was hitting threes as well. Cover him, right? Cover them. Those that, were defensive defensive lapses that set up a close game. That was an 11-point game, 46-35. That got tightened up down the stretch because they couldn't score and they didn't defend well from three-point land. Yeah, didn't they go on like a 10-minute stretch? No, no. One field goal over field. about 10 minutes. So. Yeah. So, so I don't think there's anything wrong with – God, I, I, I still want to go. I, you know, the other narrative I can't stand is the, you know, brand new team. They got guys from the Big 12. They've got an outstanding freshman in Keyshawn Gilbert. They've got one of the best natural scorers anywhere in college basketball in Bryce Hamilton. They've got veteran leadership in Marvin Coleman. They've got guys from other group of five schools who are coming in and playing well. they got a good Juco in Josh Baker. Their roster is fine, okay? It, we're, now you're five games into the season. There may be a little more gelling, Willie, and when uh, Victor Iwakur comes back, that's good. But there can be expectations. It's it's all right. It doesn't have to be a good job effort, kid, out there for you know football and basketball. And I'll take it a step further. That first year coach mentality when you when you are who you are, who he is and the pedigree that he has, and the fact that he was on the staff with his father and he's been in this program. Yes, there's going to be some some learning curves here with with the brand new coach in his first year. But let's not uh, let's not be hoodwinked that Kevin Kruger doesn't know what he's doing. That he's that Kevin Kruger, unlike Rich Basaccia, is not in over his head. Number four. I saw what you did there. We'll get to the Raiders in a couple minutes. All right. VGK coming off a 2 0 weekend. They got a shot tonight, plus 130, dog. I absolutely think that they have a shot tonight because they're, you know, the last time they went on the road, they. They sort of put a lot of things behind them, and they, they it's one thing that this team, and I, and I would guess a lot of professional teams in every sport, and, the, and but in hockey, um, they get on the road and, and they sort of just zero in on the, the task at hand. And the one thing that they've been able to do is bury the fact that they have injuries, bury the fact that they've had COVID absences, and they've been winning. So last time they went on the road, they went into Colorado and won. St. Louis has not been playing well. As I mentioned earlier, they've lost five or six games, and some of those were at home. They lost to Edmonton at home. They lost to Nashville at home. They lost to Arizona at home. They just came back from Dallas, and sandwich games are not easy in the NBA and in hockey. When, you are, when, you, when you're at home, you shoot out for a road game or a couple, you come home for one, and then you're back out on the road. So... I absolutely think that the Golden Knights have a chance tonight. I think that there's a value in the uh, at the sports books plus one thirty. I think it's a value play the way that they're playing right now. Um, the younger guys are playing with confidence, as we talked about before. The defensemen are scoring points. 
I think the Golden Knights are playing as good a hockey as, as any other team in the league. The one team that beat them was the team that's been playing great since the start of the season. And since this 10-3 and run, they've been one of the top teams goal production-wise. They've been one of the top teams in terms of points, um, goals against. They still need some work on their special teams. I will say that. But they have been a very good team over the last three weeks. Number three. Man, Chargers win, so they get a leg up on the Raiders. Chargers are one of those teams, week to week, you're like, yeah, feeling good. Next week, you know, not so great. Uh, Two weeks ago against the Vikings, they get stymied. Vikings played great defense. Last night, defensive breakdowns by the Chargers allow Pittsburgh to get back into the game. Good win again. You see what top-level talent does. When the Chargers are down, Mike Williams finds a way to get open some busted coverage, some miscommunication, and the ball is delivered. And then Williams makes a play for another 40 yards. Weird thing in the game, though. The shot of Cam Hayward. What exactly do you call that? I don't think that was a punch, was it? I, I don't know. I So I'm watching that video, and I don't know if he punched him or if he leaned on him to get up and conveniently kind of just – it was like a little extra. That's I, I almost thought he was trying to get his balance because he was yeah, getting jostled and, then, yeah, and like, then kind of went down to his knees and it was kind of a love tap. He apologized for it today, said he wasn't trying to punch him, and there were a lot of people who were like, "Where's the flag?" The problem, the thing is, is he so he 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 kind of fell forward when he did it. Um, he he got rushed by a, another charger because he was laying there. Yeah. You know, he's so trying to try to get him off him. He tried to, um, yeah. I'll, I'll say this, Willie. If, and I don't know how many other quarterbacks, I think for sure, if Tom Brady were the guy in the bottom, do you think a flag is thrown? If Tom Brady's the guy at the bottom, if Aaron Rodgers is the guy at the bottom. Who else? Uh, I, I think those are the two. Those, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, those are the two. A flag, a flag is thrown. So it'll be interesting to see. Will Herbert ever get that treatment, or do you have to win, like, you know, Three, four, five. Well, I was, I was going to say three, four, five Super Bowls, but Rodgers hasn't won that. When does he get that kind of respect? No. Where you can't touch him. Yeah, it's going to be a while. Yeah, it's going to be a while for Herbert to get that kind of respect. I mean, you know, we're talking about some NFL MVPs and several rings. So, I mean, he's got a long way to go before he gets that respect. But I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't make much of it. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily. I don't think that the the accusations of punching all-out punch. I don't think it was a punch. If you if you watch it over and over, he he was off balance. He kind of caught himself, but he did have a little extra oomph to it. Um, again, he didn't wind up and punch the guy in the stomach. Um, I just wonder why he was laying there a little extra time. And he was as they rushed in to, to pull him off, he was getting up, and then they kind of ran into him, and that's when he caught went off balance. So I think it was just somewhat of a little bit of a scrum. I kind of laugh at things like this because. Every time that there's a a stoppage in play because a goalie made a save and the scrums that are in the oh, crease yeah. and they all are piling on and then there's an and then it's it's so funny to me the players that get offended when someone let's say it's crowding Robin Leonard or when it was Mark Andre Fleury right they're crowding it and the players that get offended to pull those guys off when it when the plays at the other end oh, they're yeah. the ones jabbing the of stick yeah, and course. getting it Jonathan Marchesaw <laughs> Jonathan Marchesaw has to be one of the, the greatest little 
just that's probably Instigators. why off Adam's yes. What's why off Adam's story? Everyone the first, the first guess that Reeves was going to have to take somebody out to get booze with Marchesaw because that dude has no fear. He's got the biggest mouth, littlest guy with the biggest heart, biggest chops, and but he'll be in there sticking the stick in, trying to get the puck loose, and that's that's what they're supposed to do. Upon the save, try to jar it loose real quick. Might get away with it, right? And. And they, so when it happens at the other end, though, they're all they're, the same guys are in there jump. So I kind of get the. I mean, it's rougher in hockey, and they get away with it. It's like a, it's like radio guys, Willie. Right? We can dish it. We can't take it. Of course, that's, not us. That's me for sure. Not not us. Oh, not us. Number two. Boy, things change quickly in the NFL, don't they? Who gave Derek Carr the midseason explosive passer award? Oh my! Because he was, but my God, the last couple of weeks, everything has changed for this offense. I, this is unreal. I saw that come across literally while I was putting together the topics for today. And I I just I I can't get, I don't get it. Um it, it, it says it here, in his age 30 season, Carr is putting up significant career best through 10 games for passing yards, yards per attempt. More importantly to us, however, is the fact that Carr leads the league with 39 passes of 20 or more yards, good for an explosive pass on every 9.41 dropbacks. That's great, but a lot of those numbers were from early on, and he's fallen off tremendously. Honorable mentions went to Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. Um... I just found it hilarious when I saw that come up. I wasn't sure who this who this website was. I never saw this before. There are some other awards also. Preventing Mistakes Award went to Kirk Cousins. The Accuracy Award went to Kyler Murray. Big Spots Award, Matthew Stafford. The Rushing Quarterback Award, I think that's a gimme. Who was that? Of course it was Lamar Jackson. The Best Rookie Award, Mac Jones, who's running away with that. Um, best underdog performance, Colt McCoy versus San Francisco. And the MVP right now, according to the 33rd team website, Matthew Stafford. Number one. What just happened? Five and two start, four weeks later, five and five, bye weekend there. Five and five now, Willie. Five and five. And yesterday competed for a while, but just ran out of freaking gas. And then a car fumble. What the hell has happened here? This this CEO approach of, hey, you know what, let the D and the O do what they need to do, and I'm just going to oversee things. It does not seem to be working. Or is it, hey, the Gruden thing finally has hit him? Is it Ruggs being gone has finally hit him? Is it something else? What is it? Well, I think it's a collection of things, and I think it. I think with this pro, with this organization, we see it often is when one thing goes bad, it falls apart tremendously throughout and I think it's it's obviously organizational because this team has you know Gruden's no longer there and yet the second half collapse is now taking is now collapsing early on like I said earlier they're th- they were three and oh forget five and two they were three and oh they've lost five of seven but they're falling apart quick and the play calling is questionable um the rushing game has improved since rugs but that's since rugs situation but I think that's a little bit obvious that was sort of addressed today with Basaccia he's he sort of said hey a couple of weeks ago you know someone's asked him about the rushing game he said well a couple of weeks ago you were complimentary of it now you're not so um I think maybe it's getting to people too because we're getting these little snarky remarks as well as Adam pointed out earlier the car about the Waller deal All right well I checked that box off for you guys yeah well in the meantime 41 minutes 
between receptions by a receiver yesterday. Now, is that Carr's fault? Maybe on checkdowns, but who's calling the plays? You know, um, the question is, in a 17-game season, let's just say that the car, that the Raiders had it in them to pull off seven more wins. Seven? They go? Can they go seven and zero? I mean, what we saw yesterday, obviously not. What we've seen the last three weeks, obviously not. But in a sense, they haven't played those games. This team could go 12 and five. Is it going to? And is it? What's it going to take? What kind of shakeup? If it's true, what Adam heard yesterday up in the press box, and we don't read, and we're not reading embellishments elsewhere, that Mayock is upset and stormed out of the press box, or he returned to the press box, he returned to his suite. So, in the same regard, did he just? Does he always go down at halftime? You know what I mean? Does he go down? So we don't know. But is he going to make a change now? Is he going to wait? I mean, do you wait seven? You know, if if everything didn't take place the way that it did, would would there be would someone be getting fired at, at a certain point midseason? So you have to ask yourself, you know, it's it's a somewhat of a extraordinary situation with the Raiders this year. Everything that they've dealt with, from Gruden to Rugs to Arnett to the offfields to the injuries, um, I, at some point, I think the second that you do, I think that the second that you make the change with coaching, you're cashing in the season, and the second that you make a change. To Mariota, Carr's done. He's you, he's already out the door. Well, let's address that. Seven-game audition for everyone on this roster? Probably not everyone, but most everyone. It's the Big Five at Four. Brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 570-9000. Yeah, I, I really don't know what the cons would be. You know, he's an experienced player. He's played well before. We decided to go in for us. And, again, it just puts us, we'd like to think when he goes in, the advantage is for us, regardless of the down and distance. at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. It's Cofield and Company. I assume Ritz Basace was addressing Mariota being put in the game in spots, not taking over a quarterback, right? Yeah. No, it's But that, that ship has sailed. That whole package thing. And Why has it sailed? Because at this point, it's... What are you doing? I mean... You, you, <laughs> what are you doing? Bring, let's bring in a package and then bring it back out. And I mean, it's I mean, okay. Perfect example is this. And I'm I'm trying not to. I'm doing my best not to compare college to NFL. But didn't we sweat Marcus Arroyo for bringing in Tate Martell for one or two just because he had a package? Breaks up the rhythm. What good is it doing? Either bring him in, start him, let him play, let them get a rhythm with one or the other. In a sense, the concept should remain the same mindset wise. I don't care if it's high school, Pop Warner, college, pro. Pick a starter, run with it. At this point, it's not working. Everything is not working. So if you're going to make a change, make the change. The reason that they're not going to make the change is, like I said before the break, once that change is made, I think the message is on, the writing's on the wall. The car's done. You're not going to bring Mariota in to try to show. Well, let's see what we can do, Derek. Let's 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 go with Marcus and then say, well, that didn't work. Let's go back to Derek. He's going to be. That's just. I think. Yeah, the, you know, the, though, I wouldn't. I don't think the. I, package, I wouldn't make I think, any determination. I'm not in favor of Mariota getting a start, um, but any determination made the rest of the season doesn't mean much. Well, let me say it the right way. There. are will not be a determination made the rest of the way because you may have a new coaching staff and a new GM. So they're going to come oh, in you and will. go, oh, you is will. Derek Carr my guy? You will. There will be a change. 
at this unless unless they go seven and zero and get to the playoffs. Well, if they made the playoffs, if they then then maybe if they can go five and five and two the rest of the way, and yeah. they get in the playoffs, then sure. then the staff you has a it, chance to stick around. So you got so ten and seven's getting them in the playoffs. That's yeah. What, yeah, I think it, I think they have a good shot with seven teams. Sure. But, I mean, again, then you're going to have to reel off 5-2, and two, which you already did once, but now this part of the schedule is tougher. <sighs> well, you have lost all faith. You have. You have I did, and I was, I was, I was, you are I was on board. You a prisoner of the moment, man. I was it's, on it, board. Uh, it is looking it's not, it's You know what, Steve? No. Let me Hang on. This is not a prisoner of the moment. This is a reporter covering a team watching them play like crap. Yeah, just they're, crumbling. They're, they're, they're just – I mean, come on, man. They're, they are just horrendous. They've gotten away from whatever it was that they were doing when they beat Denver, when they beat Philadelphia. Um, and as we talked about in the first hour with Adam, this they've, they've basically figured out Greg Olson. Greg Olson was never a great play caller in Jacksonville. I mean, let's, let's not forget, Gus Bradley fired Greg Olson as his offensive coordinator. So, uh, <laughs> when you're working with what you're working with, I mean, you can argue all you want about injuries and COVID, and but every time something's come up with this team, we've heard, and I'm not going to use the word excuses because they've not said they're excuses. You know, the next man up, we're deep, we got depth, we do this, we brought the veterans, and we brought this. Okay, make it work, because who's it fall on? They'll coach them up. So if it doesn't work. Then yes, there's going to be changes. You talked about the the it doesn't get easier. Okay, so they're going to Dallas. Dallas may not be playing with some. I still think that they have the upper hand. They host the Washington football team. They can beat the the way that the Raiders were playing. They should be able to beat them. They're going to Kansas City where they won last year. A lot of the same coaching staff. Okay, Kansas City. Yes, they beat Dallas, so they're improving. But it's a divisional game. They go to Cleveland. They host Denver. They go to Indianapolis. They host L.A., the Chargers. That's, uh, what, seven games. In reality, if they're playing the way that they played against Denver and Philadelphia, I say that they could, they should be able to win five of those games and have two that have their hands full, and it's the back-to-back road games against Kansas City and Cleveland. The Ultimate Sports Lodge, where you can watch every game in HD. The beer is an icy 29 degrees, and the food leaves you coming back for more. Twin Peaks Lodge in Henderson. Baker, what did you make of, of some of the booing there in the second half from the fans? Those are probably the same fans that won't be quiet while we're on offense and trying to operate, so don't really care. Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. Baker Mayfield asking for it by calling out some of the fans who are booing him. What sure. do you think? Yeah. Worrying about stuff that he shouldn't be worrying about. Which happens when things start to go south. Of course. Which you guys said, the Raiders making some little comments here and there. Snarky. Don't don't worry about the fans and the media. It's part it's part of the job. Just stay off of social media. You know what's funny is I uh, earlier I was reacting to uh, some fans who were you know saying why they weren't going to running rebel games and then I I tweeted a couple things some questions back and then I would then like the next break I was like you know I don't care so I just deleted them and well, that's really when you now now oh, we're in a different business we you know wait, we obviously you deleted tweets I do it all the time <laughs> well I do it because I'll tweet something and I'm like oh. I don't even know why I don't I don't care why am I even looking to get engaged with someone who's got an egg as a face 
you know, or it has a fake name. It's like they're well, not that part, a real yeah. person. All yeah. they're looking for is some reaction. Just you got to do a, you got to do a little delay as an before athlete, you get sinned. As an athlete, don't worry about it. So I, Baker Mayfield already has enough to deal with. Don't worry about the fans who are booing you. Um, listen, that dude is in a in a prime position. He can be mediocre, and there's going to be someone out there who is still going to give him minimum $15, $17 million a year. So just take the high road and don't be dealing with the media or the fans. Well, and here's the biggest problem with that. What is? Why do we pick on Ari? Well, because we know it bothers him. What is it a few weeks ago you said, man, Willie, you're – you sensitive. You go back. You want stuff. You want us to replay stuff. People talk about. You're a bully. You're a bully. Yeah. Adam too. Yeah. Why? Because we know it gets under people's skin. So yeah. we're we're gonna poke that bear. We're gonna poke. When you reveal yourself as a million dollar athlete, and now all of a sudden we know what your weakness is, yeah. it's gonna come. Now it's gonna come tenfold. Yeah. You've opened the door. So yeah, it's and that's why. When people say Tom Brady reveals nothing and he's fake, he plays it the right way. He smiles. It, 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 might, it might annoy the crap out of me, you, lots of people, but he's like, eh, it's all beneath me. I'm not going to punch down. That is one of the best The one of the best things someone can give you uh, in terms of advice is don't punch down. Uh, don't freaking he was bother. Borderline, he was borderline annoyed after the football team lost when he, right, he said, let's make it quick. Remember the press conference? But he didn't snap. He answered the questions, and then he just walked off. But he wasn't snarky. All right, let's try to get under his skin here. Okay. We're both betting the Giants, right? Yeah, TB12, yeah. react to that. Yeah. Now he'll, he'll react by beating the Giants by 28, and we'll lose our bet. Let's start with this defense, okay? It's been impressive. It's final three games before the bye week. Held the Panthers, Chiefs, and Raiders to an average of 13 points per game. And it was the Raiders team, not this Raiders team we saw yesterday. It was the Raiders team out of the bye week. After the two wins, okay, uh, held, held those three teams at 314.6 yards per contest. They were two and one, but the most impressive performance might have been the 2017 road loss to the Chiefs. It was in Kansas City. They led the game through the midway through the fourth quarter. It was tied till Kansas City got the game-winning field goal with a minute seven. So, um, I think the Giants are playing a little bit of an uh, inspired ball right now. They're healthy. They're coming out of a bye week. Daniel Jones has Barkley with him in the backfield. Um, I, I think that the Giants are going to come in here, come into Tampa Bay, I, I should, or come into Tampa, I should say, um, revved up for this game. The defense ranks eighth in red zone conversion, allowing a touchdown 51.4% of the time. Defense ranks 10th in third down conversion, 38.1%, and 10th in allowing only 10 touchdowns when teams get inside the 20. That defense is playing well. Bucks, Giants kick off in about 35 minutes. Twin, Peaks, 11. Twin Peaks is the site where you want to watch. Big beers under four bucks. You got select appetizers, two, four, and six dollars, and dozens of beautiful ladies are here to hang out with you. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Here comes Jacobs, left side, nice hole, breaks through, and his best run in a couple of weeks. Out to the 44, that's what we've been waiting for with Josh Jacobs. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Funny, I was just busting uh, Ari's chops about trimming cuts and stuff. I'm in a mood today, man. I'm telling you, 
Willie, I still feel it, man. I still feel it. When I watch football games and my football teams mm. and the stuff I'm covering and they're losing, God, it gets under my freaking skin. A lot of things get under your skin. I know. I know. That's the brand. Color, I'm on brand, but co- it's natural. The color of this raffle bucket got under your skin. You know what? I do have some comments on our buckets. This one's actually pretty good. The bucket a couple of weeks ago, nightmare. Anyway, um, it just I, – I need someone to come in here with some energy who is positive. So uh, Ari's like, you know what? Hank Bowers is always that guy. So Hank, the former – San Diego Charger, part of the Charger community forever, was covering the game yesterday. Hank, how you doing? Willie, hang in there. It could be worse. Well, Willie's right? a nice guy. Co- Cofield's, the, Cofield's a jerk. Oh, Steve is feeling horrible today. Steve, hang in there. I will. You both hang in there. It could be worse. Come on, you guys have an NFL team. I'm That's sitting here in San Diego struggling to get through another beautiful sunset and perfect uh, day. And, and, <laughs> and I, my team is in Los Angeles, so be thankful. I know it was not great yesterday for the Raiders, but you know, but be 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 patient and be thankful, people. Do we have to be patient though? This team did have expectations of making. <laughs> I'm sorry, Hank, but I mean, like, they, I mean, they got out to a five and two start. We we all got fired up, and now now it's come back to earth. Well, have you looked around the NFL? Have, have you have you looked at the standings? Have you looked at the the playoff situation? I mean, it, it really, we st- we still have what five or five five weeks, six weeks left, right? Seventy-seven and, and, games. And, and, and how many how many teams are have distanced themselves? You know, they're saying you're saying, oh my god, yeah, they're, they're legitimate Super Bowl winners, and and then, I mean, honestly, it, early it was Tampa, right? You would have never thought that about Casey. Now Casey's looking better. Uh, but is there a team that you can just – Buffalo early on was great. Now we'll look what happened yesterday. It's just it, – this this league, I've never – and it's my 46th year playing, coaching, broadcasting. I've never seen the team so razor thin, uh, you know, the, the, in, in differentiating themselves in, in talent level. It's just it's, – it's, it's just – a big play here, a big play there. All of a sudden, the game gets out of hand, or or you, you flip a game and you win a game. So, and we're seeing weird wins, right? I mean, Cincinnati looked great yesterday, right? Uh, two weeks ago, the Jets beat them, and the Jets were down eleven points with what four and a half minutes left, and the Jets came back and beat them. The league's crazy, people. That's that's what's so great about it. It's just unbelievable. As you were uh, sitting upstairs at Allegiant yesterday, what, what was the the biggest problem you saw with the Raiders? Uh, well, you got you know you got to stop the run. Uh, you know I don't care what how football changes, it's always run, stop the run first and foremost, right? And you know I with Joe Burrow having had issues lately, uh, when you give up thirty carries, one hundred and twenty three yards, and a couple touchdowns to Joe Mixon. That tells me you're not getting it done. And look, you can't just say, well, it was the Raiders' front four, because at times they played great. And I'll tell you what, they play hard, right? You can't say, well, it was our linebackers. No, well, you can't you can say, well, maybe it was our run force in the second. It was all of it. To be a good run defense, you know, everybody has to do their job. God, I sound like Bill Belichick. You know, do their job, and so it was a little bit of everything. I, I, I do know this. I, I one area I know 
that the Raiders do not have to address, and that is on the edge, up front, because Ngakwe and Crosby are ridiculous, right? I like the guys that they picked up. I like the former Chargers inside, Farron and Square and, and those guys, and and I like Hankins, and I like Jefferson, those guys. I, so I think the front four is okay. Doesn't, it doesn't hurt. You know, it doesn't help to have gotten a couple linebackers hurt and a couple DBs hurt. I think, I think you know, the, the, the secondary, the safeties, the safeties are hit or miss for me. Um, and the corners need to be improved. So, but, but if you have one weakness in your defense, you're going to get run on. You're going to get scored on. It's, that's, it's the ultimate consummate team game. Talking to Hank Bauer, did national radio for yesterday's Bengals Raiders game. Hank Bauer, you still have a, uh, a re- NFL single season record that has stood pat: fifty-two special teams tackles in a year. <laughs> so, if anybody knows yeah, special teams, uh, aside from Rich Basaccia, the interim head coach of the Raiders, it is you. Now, you talked about the front, and I, I agree with you in terms of stopping the run. But we, I was in the Bengals post-game press conference, and they asked Burrow about that, and. The thing is, they were doing their job in stopping the run. The The run game for the Bengals didn't pick up until the second half, and it's it's very arguable that the reason is because the offense of the Raiders couldn't stay on the field. If the Raiders can't stay on yeah. the field, they can't convert a third down, the Raiders' defense is going to get tired at some point. Well, um, you know, that's a great observation, and you're right. And you're right. Uh, you know, this thing was, it, before it got out of hand, I mean, it was, what was it? It was 16-13 in the fourth quarter, right? It was 16-13 in the fourth quarter with, with, with the Bengals up, you know, and, and, and then you're right. Normally I would say time of possession is the most useless statistic to look at after a game. I always look at big plays in the kicking game and turnovers are the two most important things to look at in determining the outcome of most games. And time of possession is the last thing to look at. But you're right, those guys were just gassed. They they just got gassed. And and they got a bunch of they got a bunch of thoroughbreds in Cincinnati now. Okay? Uh, I, I don't care when you when you're when your second team running back was the all time rusher in Oklahoma, right? Your second team running back. And 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 you've got the receivers that they've got that are running all over the field. Um you're going to get gassed if you and they what they have time of possession like two to one, it was it, you know it was ridiculous three to two something like that it was it was ridiculous. Hank, we just talked about a little bit about today's press conference last night with Carr Basaccia, and then uh, Steve brought up a point about about Mayfield, little snarky underlying comments in the press in, in the pressers whether they're at the media at fans. You come from an era where. It was just nasty, dirty, grimy, the Youngblood brothers, the Lamberts, the Hams, the Doomsday defense. Yep. I mean, the, a time when, you know, you didn't have time to worry about what the fans were saying. You didn't have time. There was no social media, obviously. It was it was just straight blue-collar work. What have you noticed different? What's, is, there a, is, there a, is there something disappointing about this era that, that you see that, that is get, allowing players, coaches – Things outside distractions instead of just getting out there and getting nasty and filthy. <laughs> I think that resonates in society, not just football. Uh, I, here, I'm going to date myself, but 
Yeah, you're right. I played in the late 70s, early 80s, and there was no internet. Can you imagine no internet? Can you imagine a world without internet? Yeah. You guys Were you guys alive even? A world without internet? A world without cell phones? Nobody recorded anything? You know, if, if, if how do you prove anything happened or that somebody said something? Or, you know, nobody got their, you know... You know what? Undies, undies in a in a pinch. You know what I mean? Uh, people weren't as thin-skinned. People weren't as sensitive. Uh, and and you're right that there was you know the replay was limited and uh, t- television was done different and the NFL was recorded differently and and the rules were different. I mean, t- t- you guys have no idea what it was like to run against Jack Tatum and 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 and. Matt Mellon and Lyle Alzado and Howie and all those great Raiders. Uh, but I'll tell you what we did. If a guy if a guy started, you know, doing stuff that was a little too edgy, we took care of him and we had ways to do it and we policed ourselves. But that era is gone. That era is gone. Now, all of that said, this is still the greatest game ever played because it's a consummate team game and it's the most unpredictable game. And and it's it's a game that still it, it, these guys the, the way as hard as they hit still uh, it, it they've gotten bigger they've gotten faster overall and they're incredible athletes so it's still a great game but you're right it's just not as down and dirty right it's not to me to me honestly if I sat here I'd say it's not as pure we policed ourselves we took care of the guys that gave us issues. When I saw George Atkinson on the sideline yesterday, he just looked at me and shook his head. <laughs> and I said, you know what, George? That might be the greatest compliment I've gotten in a long time. Right. That's awesome. And he said, he said, you should have been a Raider. And I go, you know what? Don't tell anybody. But if I could have played and oh. Chargers are my team, right, I would have loved to have been a Raider. That's a good way to close. Hank, we want to get you on closer to the playoffs. Thank you so much for joining us. Always a great Anytime, guys. Good luck. Take care. Hank Barrett, really feeling for me at the end there, my frustration. You know, I'm going to close on a – it might be kind of a schmaltzy note. First of all, it's a sad note. Steve Smith, who played fullback for the Raiders, passed away over the weekend. Long battle with ALS. Man, they they put it up on the screen uh, on Saturday Mm -hmm. during the Big Ten game I was watching Rutgers-Penn State, and Matt Millen was on there, and they put up the tribute, and Millen just lost it. He just – he broke down. He lost it. You felt it. And it's a story you can watch on HBO Real Sports. Really freaking, really sad. I'm going to bring it to today, right? Because Hank is right. Football is awesome. And, you know, us complaining about the Raiders, listen, it's all part of it. Fans get passionate. We want to see our local team do well. But it really is the ultimate team sport because you go through these ebbs and flows where you can choose to freaking quit, you know, backbite, turn on each other, or you can bond together. And I'm just going to say I'll put out some of the video today from the UNLV press conference football press conference uh the story of Gio Fuolo is like the the reason you play football yeah. I think and 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 I'll let him explain it but that guy was done his career was over back at the UTSA game he had a really bad knee injury he talked about it today he actually had a small fracture in his leg like he I don't even know if he should be playing but he's like that's what football is about I want to play I want to be out there with my guys Winman was with him and he was like yeah this guy sets a great example so I know we get you know well not we get all nasty about the winning and the losing, but there is, as you watch the process, Willie, and I yeah. know you've watched the process, it is fascinating to see how a team comes together and potentially sticks together, or for all, uh, oh you know when the, within a season falls apart. Yeah, we're running out of time. I'll just throw in the mix also. 
the love and passion for football, Charles Williams. He didn't have to come back. Game's coming up. Willie's got prizes to enter at Twin Peaks on Eastern. Come on down. Buccaneers against the Giants.